Section 1 of Harper's Young People, Volume 1, Issue 27, May 4, 1880. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Read by Alan Lord. Harper's Young People, Volume 1, Issue 27, May 4, 1880. Rob's Navy by W. O. Stoddard. The tide was just out on the Staten Island shore, and the water in the little cove below Mr. Drake's residence was as smooth as a pan of milk, with the cream on. Nothing in the shape of a ship ought to have tipped over in such water as that. So Rob Drake had thought, but every time he shoved his new ship away from the flat rock at the head of the cove, over she went. First on one side, then on the other. It did not seem to make much difference which. She stood up well enough so long as Rob kept hold of her, but as soon as ever he let go, down she tumbled. Rob was about twelve years old, and he believed he knew all about ships. Did he not live on Staten Island, right across the bay from New York? Did he not go over to the city on the great ferry boat every now and then, and see all the shipping at the wharves, and sail past all sorts of craft on the way there and back? Some of them, he knew, came from almost all the countries in the world, and he had seen hundreds of them sail out of the harbour to go home again. Of course, Rob knew all about ships, but this one, on which he and Larry McGee had been whittling and working for a week, seemed determined to float bottom up. What could be the matter? Larry, she's top heavy. No, she ain't. It's only a sort of thrick she's got. All she wants is practice. Larry was Mr. Drake's hired man and knew a little of everything. Only he knew more about a horse than he did about any kind of sailing vessel. The boy's right, my hearty. She's more hamper than hull, and she's no ballast at all. Rob and Larry looked behind them when they heard that. They'd not heard him come along the sandy beach. They'd been so busy. But there he was. A short, thin old man, with broad shoulders, dressed like a United States man-of-war sailor, and with a wooden leg that was now punching its round toe deep into the sand. "'Deed, sir,' said Larry, "'it's a good ship she is, if she wouldn't lie down that way.' "'She's a ship, then. I'm glad to know that. It's a good sign for the boy that he's taken to ships. There's not many boys care for him nowadays.' "'Why, of course it's a ship,' said Rob, as he pulled his craft ashore and held her up to let the water drip from her wet sails. Didn't you know what she was? Old fellas like me don't know much nowadays. You put in four masts and a bowsprit at each end, and I couldn't tell just what she was. Oh, said Rob, that's nothing. I saw a steamer with four masts the other day. There's no accounting for steamers, my boy, and I've heard men call them ships too that ought to have known better. Don't I know a ship? proudly exclaimed Rob. Can't I tell a schooner from a sloop, and a bark from a brig, 
I know. It's the masts and rigging make the difference. Well, now, said the old man, you're a bright boy. What's your name? Robert Fulton Drake. The old man shook his white head solemnly and took off his round Scotch cap. Drake's a good name. There was a great sailor of that name once. He was an admiral, too. But Fulton, Robert Fulton, it's awful, the mischief we owe to that man. Fulton, he's a bad man, said Rob, with all sorts of wonder in his face. No, sir, he was a great man. He invented steamboats. So he did, so he did. More's the pity. Ships were ships till Fulton came. Now they're all great iron pots and go by steam. No use for sailors now. Steamships have to have sailors. What for, my boy? Well, yes, they do have a few lubbers on board that they call sailors. And there are some ships left too, pretty good ones. But they don't have sailors nowadays like they used to. Robert Fulton spoiled it all. But I'm glad you like ships, only you don't know how to make them. Come and see me some day. I'll show you. Where do you live? Half a mile, the other side of the ferry London, he went on, and gave Rob pretty full directions how to find his house. And Larry McGee added, quite respectfully, You're an old sailor yourself, sir. Am I? Well, yes, I was once, before I lost my leg. The ships weren't all turned into iron pots then. Was it there you lost your leg? There? Oh, you mean aboard ship? That's where he was, my hearty. Did you ever hear of Mobile Bay? I never did, sir. I did, exclaimed Rob. Did you, then? I'm glad of that, my boy. Did you ever hear of a sailor named Farragut? The great Admiral. Admiral Farragut. Oh, yes, indeed. Father's got a picture of him up in the rigging of a ship with a telescope in his hand. He was a great fighter. You're the boy for me. Do you know about that picture? That was the old ship Hartford. And when the Admiral was up in the rigging there, with the bullets flying round him, I was down on deck, getting my legs shot off. Larry McGee took off his hat right away. Was that so indeed, Your Honour? Was it for that you got the gold star you wearing? Star? No, indeed. I got a pension, but I didn't get any star. But it's a fine one. So it was and it was fastened by a strong, wide blue ribbon to the old man's left breast. It looked like solid gold, and it was curiously lettered and ornamented. I'm proud of that, my man, and I got it that day too. How was it? asked Rob, who had dropped his four-masted ship to listen. How was it? I'll tell you, my boy. It was Farragut himself. He was the best sailor ever trod a plank, and he hated steam and iron pots to the day of his death. He came to see me and the rest in hospital like the true sailor he was, and he'd a good word all around. I'd been one of the crew of his own gig, and before he went he put his hand in his pocket and seemed to be 
feeling for something. Be like his hand had been in that pocket pretty often those days, for it looked as if he couldn't find a thing. When it came out, though, it had a piece of gold in it, an old Spanish doubloon he'd carried for a pocket piece. That's a gold coin, asked Rob. The biggest there is, except a double eagle, only there's not many of them nowadays. And says he to me, says he, goodbye, Jack Peabody, most likely I'll never see you again. Keep that to remember me by. I don't think you'll forget the old ship, nor Mobile Bay. Truth, Anne, the old fellow was right there, said Larry McGee. So I took the doubloon, but I was too weak to say much, and when I got out of hospital, I worked that bit of gold into this here star, with the Admiral's name on it, and the date, and mobile, and all the other things I could think of. There's a picture of the old Hartford on the other side. She was a ship she was. Robin Larry took a long and careful look at the star, and then the old man stumped away. How them old sailors does hate the steamers, said Larry. I don't care. The sailing ships are prettier. So they be, but the steamers goes better. How'd you like to wait for a wind when you's wanted to go to the city instead of steaming over in a ferry boat? Rob talked with his father that evening and showed him his four-masted ship with a bowsprit at each end. Rob, my boy, your old sailor friend is right. I think I'll take you over with me in the morning and we'll walk up South Street along the wharves and I'll show you what he means. That's what I'd like. Wounded at Mobile Bay, was he? One of Farragut's men. I must hunt him up. Every American boy ought to touch his hat when he speaks of Farragut. Mr. Drake was a little of an enthusiast about ships and sailors, and it was no wonder Rob took after him. The next morning, when the great ferryboat took over its biggest crowd of passengers, and ever so many teams and loaded wagons, Rob and his father were standing out in front by the railing, looking hard at every vessel they came near, and talking about them all. When they landed in the city, they walked on from the ferry along South Street, which is lined on one side by warehouses, and on the other by docks and piers. The docks were all full of vessels, and the great bowsprits of the larger ships sometimes stuck halfway across the street to the buildings. They were both so busy with the shipping that they hardly noticed anything on the other side of them. But suddenly, Rob heard a cracked voice exclaim, Robert Fulton Drake, that was his name. Drake's a good one, but then Fulton. I say, boy, look here. Rob looked, and so did his father. There sat the old one-legged sailor, Jack Peabody, on the stone steps of one of the warehouses, with his bright gold star on his breast and a cane in his hand. Just beyond him, however, on the upper step, stood a beautiful model of a brig with a hull about two feet long. She was completely rigged, sails and all. Look at that, sir. She'll float. She isn't top-heavy. No danger of her tipping over. Made her myself. 
Father, said Rob, it's the very man. And don't you see the star? Oh, what a pretty brig. There was a card stuck at the brig's masthead with for sale written on it. Mr. Drake had a good many questions to ask about Farragut and sea fights and the star itself before he came to the brig. The old man's sailor dress was as neat as wax, and he did not look at all poor. But he said, I live with my son, sir. He's no sailor. He's only first mate of one of these iron pots of steam as they have nowadays. I've my pension too, sir, but I like to build them. It keeps me busy, sir. The ships is going out of date, sir. It does me good to put folks in mind of them. The price is five dollars, sir. There were wooden ships of all sorts and sizes lying at their wharves, as far up and down the street as any one could see. And but the old sailor seemed to forget all about them in his hatred of steam and steamers. Rob, said Mr. Drake, I'll buy that for you. Take it right home and see if you can make one like it. May I swim it? Of course you may. But you mustn't spoil it. Boy, said the old man, put some lead on the bottom of that double ender of yours. It'll stand up if you ballast it well. That'll be two. When you make another, that'll be three. Oh, I'll make a dozen. Well, you. Why, then you'll have a navy. I hope they'll all float. Not all the ships they build nowadays make out to do that. Rob hurried home with his brig, and he built his navy. But it was just as the old sailor feared. Not more than half of them would float. End of section one.